0: Welcome to Witchy Sips, another witchy podcast, but with coffee. What is in your witchy sip today? I am drinking a nice, fresh um, brewed tea. It's sweet, with a little bit of lavender in it and some honey. And it's in this cute little cup that I got yesterday because my partner and I went to a Halloween mystic night market, um, which is kind of like a farmer's slash art market, but there were tarot readers... There were people selling a bunch of incenses. Um, There were people selling witchy drinks, um, which is where I got this cute little cup, which I kind of love. It's my little skull cup. It's orange and it's kind of adorable. And it has a straw, which I love. But yeah, that's my witchy sip for today. My sweet tea with lavender and honey. What's in yours? Send me pictures of your witchy sips. Send me pictures of your witchy drinks. So. It is October 31st, which means it is Halloween, so yay, happy Halloween to everybody. I hope you all are enjoying the day also due to some minor scheduling conflicts um, with some uh, amazing projects that Audrey was a part of. Um, she couldn't join us for today's episode. Hashtag sadface. And also because I was, like, super busy this week with work, and so we just couldn't, like, make our schedules mesh. So that kind of sucked. But um, check out the show notes, and I'll post a link to the final product of the project that she was working on with some other really cool people. It's a video, and it's uh, witchy, and it's cool, and so if you guys want to check that out, it's going to be in the show notes. So in today's episode... We're going to be learning a little bit of Halloween history, a few Samhain highlights, uh, the transition from Samhain to Halloween, and also some FYIs about like some common superstitions and practices, like black cats um, as bad omens or bobbing for apples, which is a th- seemingly random tradition or practice, right? But um, it had there's a theory about why it is done. So Halloween. And origin story. First off, we'll start with Samhain. Samhain is pronounced differently than how it's spelled, which we're all probably used to because the English language has one too many words that are pronounced nothing like the way they're spelled, right? And so Samhain is spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N, but it's pronounced Samhain, and that's because it comes from Gaelic, and so some vowels are dropped, or rather some consonants are dropped, some Bells are added, or whatever the case may be. I should have looked into it, but I didn't, and I apologize. Um, If anybody out there knows the etymology, then please feel free to let me know. So what is Samhain exactly? Samhain is a pagan festival. It's a pagan religious festival, and it's one of the most significant traditions of the ancient Celts. This festival marked the end of summer and the beginning of the dark, cold days of winter, which also marked the end of their calendar year, and November 1st was when they started their new year. So it is believed that on Samhain, the veil between the worlds of the living and the worlds of the dead are at its thinnest, and that made it possible for spirits to The spirits of the dead to walk among us right that specific night um for the ancient celts this was particularly significant because the presence of these otherworldly spirits made it easier for the druids or celtic priests to make predictions about the future which and gave them hope for the following year for the crops and livestock um So, during their Samhain festivities, what they would do is they would build these huge sacred bonfires where the people would gather and burn crops and animals as sacrifices to the Celtic deities. They wore costumes, which were typically made of um, animal heads or animal skin. They would dress up in order to avoid being kidnapped or tortured by malevolent spirits or fairies which I thought was kind of interesting. So after the celebration, the people would go back to their homes with uh, with a flame from the sacred bonfire, and they would relight their fireplaces to help protect them during the coming winter season. And so that continued for quite some time. Later on, when the Catholic Church slash Christianity came into the picture, the church was trying to replace... Uh, Celtic pagan festival with a similar but not so pagan church-sanctioned holiday, and it was actually celebrated quite similarly to Samhain, uh, with bonfires and dressing up in costumes and getting drunk and all the all the shenanigans. Right. So, so when this when the church established their celebration of All Saints Day, they called it All Hallows, which is um, a derivative of a word of a Middle English word um, meaning All Saints Day. And so the night before that, which was a traditional night of the Celtic Samhain celebration, became known as All Hallows' Eve, and eventually Halloween. And it continued evolving and changing with the times, right? But um, what always remained was that it was a time for parties. It was a time for fortune-telling. There was a time for talking to and with um, and sharing stories about the dead and dressing up. And now we even buy Halloween costumes for our pets, right? (laughs) Um, One of the statistics that I read was that in 2019, Americans spent over $490 million on costumes for their pets, which, ridiculous, right? But, I mean, I'm guilty of it, too. So what exactly are the tie-ins? Where do-witches come into play and black cats as bad omens. Uh, So we'll start with bobbing for apples. Um, that's just going to be first just because it's interesting and also because we're not very sure about where it came from in the first place. Um, but by the time the Roman Empire had conquered the majority of the Celtic territory, there were two festivals that the, uh, of Roman origin that were combined with the celebration of Samhain. One of them was when the Romans traditionally commemorated the dead. And the second was to honor Pomona, which was the Roman goddess of fruit and trees. And the symbol for Pomona was the apple, and and the incorporation of the celebration into Samhain is what probably explains the tradition of bobbing for apples um, that is practiced today on Halloween. Now, where do witches come into play? Or black cats, as bad omens. In the Middle Ages, witches were largely thought of as evil creatures who might come and torture and torment you on that night, which is another reason why People would dress up while they were dancing around the bonfire or um, having their big parties, right, or their big festival. So as to avoid being caught or tortured or tormented by witches or fairies or other malevolent spirits that were um, walking among them that specific day because the veil was thin. So what about black cats? Why all of the commotion around black cats as bad omens. Cats made an appearance in Greek mythology with the goddess Hecate. She was the goddess of magic, sorcery, the moon, and witchcraft. And so she was also described as having a cat as both a pet and a familiar. But again, in the 13th century with the Catholic Church and Christianity, Um, there was an official document, an official church document, written by Pope Gregory IX, in which they had declared that cats were an incarnation of Satan. So it was around that time when the church had started going after um, witches. And so they had started church-sanctioned heretic and or witch hunts. And so what's interesting is that Because witches were the pre-Christian pagan practitioners, they honored the natural world uh, with deep respect for animals and plants, and so affection between humans and animals or plants um, started being seen as diabolical or devilish. And so during the Middle Ages, one thing that's interesting is that it wasn't uncommon for cats to be killed because they were associated with evil goings on, right? But also they were um, blamed for the spread of the bubonic plague. And so um, that was just another reason for people to start to get rid of them. Which ironically backfired because the killing of the cats actually helped to spread the plague further, because with the reduced number of cats to control the rodent population, the disease spread rapidly. But one thing to note is that black cats as bad omens is not a universal, um, is not a worldwide idea, because actually in some cultures, black cats are seen as um, fortuitous or auspicious, and and are thought to bring good luck. So, yeah, and so other traditions that um, typically occurred during Halloween um, that started with the Samhain, the original, the original traditional Samhain celebration, um, such as fortune telling, led to other traditions mainly having to do with helping young women to identify their future husbands and um, reassuring them that perhaps by the next Halloween or by the next happen, they would be married. So uh, in Scotland, a young woman would name a hazelnut for each of her potential suitors and then toss them into the fireplace, and whichever one um, burnt to ash without popping or exploding represented the girl's future match, uh, her future husband. But in some versions of that idea, Um, the opposite was in fact true where the nut that had burned away into ash symbolized a love that was not gonna last, or a pairing that would not last. Another one that's kind of cool is a tradition that stated that a young woman had to eat uh, a type of sugary concoction that had walnuts, hazelnuts, and nutmeg before bed uh, on Halloween and that night she would dream of her future husband. So yeah, there's also um, trick-or-treating, which I'm very excited about. As I mentioned before, I grew up in a very religious household, right? And so celebrating any holidays or, um, so any type of uh, holiday celebrations that were considered worldly, I wasn't allowed to be a part of. Um, And so one thing that I always, always, always wanted to do was trick-or-treat. I never got the chance, and now as an adult person, I don't feel it's my place to go knocking on doors asking for candy, because like I'm a grown ass man, I can go get myself some candy at the store, which I did today. But the reason I did today is because I had never, like I said, trick-or-treated, but also I had never passed out candy on Halloween. And so I did that finally two years ago, in 2019, um, my partner and I, we did hand out Halloween candy, and it was uh, the funnest thing ever. Um, I don't know why, it wasn't even that spectacular, right? We, I, I was just standing there at the door, just waiting for kids to come and hand out candy. And I would give them their handfuls of candy, Someone would say thank you, Someone would not, someone would just shy away, or someone would be like, yay, great! Um, <clears throat> and I was wearing this ridiculous unicorn costume. Um, it was basically a pajama, one of those like onesies with a unicorn hoodie. But it was the funnest thing. Um, sadly, last year we were not able to pass out Halloween candy because of the panorama, the pandemic. And so, <clears throat> um, I was really sad about that. Uh, but this year, <laughs> when... All the stores and retailers started putting out stuff for Halloween. I was really excited. Audrey and I had gone to the store and I saw loads and loads and loads of candy and it was on sale so I was like yes I'm gonna get all these for Halloween. This was at the beginning of September, right? But I have such a sweet tooth that it was ridiculous and I am um, And so I had made sure to stash it away in my pantry, but um, apparently I didn't stash hard enough because Both myself and my partner, we were eating the Nerds, we were eating the chocolates, we were eating the Reese's Pieces, we were eating all the things. And so now we have no candy. That's why today I went to the store and I bought so much candy. I bought so much chocolate. I bought so many sweet tarts and all these things, lollipops and whatever. So I'm excited to hand out candy tomorrow. That's going to be fun. I still don't have a costume though, so wish me luck on that. But the point of um that whole trick-or-treating <clears throat> rant was because of the history and tradition of trick-or-treating. So borrowing from European traditions, Americans began to dress up in costumes and go house-to-house asking for food or money, and that actually became today's trick-or-treating. And so young women believe that on Halloween they could, again, divine names of future partners for either themselves or the people they would go ask money from or food from by doing tricks with yarn or apple pairings or mirrors. However, in the late 1800s, um, there was this idea to make, in America specifically, to make Halloween more into a holiday about community and neighborly get-togethers than about ghosts or, or pranks or um, witchcraft. And so at the turn of the century, Halloween parties became more geared towards children and adults as well, but more focused on games and food of the season and festive costumes. So that's how trick-or-treating became a Halloween tradition. So that was our brief Halloween history. I know there is like so much more. The conversations can be so many, but I just wanted this to be like a really quick, succinct um, little Halloween history and Salem history, just because you know Halloween and witchiness and witchcraft and all the and all that jazz. Um, I know that I said that Audrey and I would be taking um, questions from our viewers and our listeners, um, and give like a quick little three-card spread um on on the podcast but like i said we had scheduling conflicts and i was busy with work so we didn't get around to that but in honor of the original celtic pagan festival Samhain tradition i wanted to do a quick little year ahead um spread for you all um as i mentioned the original celtic tradition was that their year ended on Samhain. And their new year started on November 1st. And the Celtic priests, the Druids, would make predictions about the following year, about their livestock, their crops, their lives in general, that whole thing. And so I wanted to go ahead and do a quick little year ahead spread for everybody. Again, um, this podcast is... Um, very flexible, very informal. So take what resonates with you, leave the rest, or implement it into your own um, traditions or practices for the coming year, because I think we all could just use a little bit of magic, right? So, let's get to it! So, this sage here as is my practice, um, is to clear any negative energy or any residual energy from my cards, from my tarot deck. And my palo santo is to replace any of that negative or residual energy with neutral energy so that we can have a fresh start with um, the deck and with the reading so that is why i burn those two specifically so we'll get started for the year ahead, what are we thinking first card is the wheel of fortune in reverse um <clears throat> i love the wheel of fortune in reverse because the advice that we get from that is that even though it is even though we may have um run into some hard times, uh, namely with the pandemic, uh, as I'm sure most of us have experienced some adverse effects, maybe not all, but some of us have, whether it be health-wise, whether it be financially, or just life in general, just kind of got us down right. Uh, the advice from the Wheel of Fortune in reverse is that <clears throat> the wheel always turns back around. And so, a while we may be feeling these effects right now, um, it won't continue to be so. Uh, And so that's always a positive outcome to have, or always a positive thought to have. The next we have Knight of Swords. (coughs) The Knight of Swords uh, lets us know that we can uh, take those thoughts and turn them into um, something more manageable. It lets us know that we have ideas and we have um, options in our minds on what we want to do, where we want to go. We just have to find the right moment to do so. Next we have the Emperor in Reverse. The Emperor in Reverse lets us know that maybe we're stuck on some old traditional path or maybe we're stuck on something that we had our minds set on. But uh, the key of this card lets us know that we are able to be flexible, that we are able to have control around our lives and around what we want to do. And that goes along with um, the knight of swords that we just pulled out with those ideas, with those new ideas, with those new options, with those um, new thoughts that we have that we can just kind of go with um, instead of being stuck and bogged down with what we thought we had to do. Our next card is the five of wands, right side up, and that gives us just a little bit of insight on um, dealing with um, challenges that might come up. Uh, Maybe we are experiencing some sort of struggle. The suit of Wands typically talks about um, our, our fiery energy and how maybe we are stuck on an idea or we have something that we want to do, um, but we are challenged to buy it or we have a challenge that is preventing us from attaining what we want. And so that just gives us a little bit of a <clears throat> an eye-opening experience to be like, okay, well, how is it that I can go about this a different way to have my desired outcome? Our last card is the King of Swords. <clears throat> the King of Swords lets us know that um, we have to keep our mind uh, very cool and collected. And so for the year ahead, I love that this comes up because we are going into, what was it, I recently watched a TikTok that said that we are about to go into junior year of the pandemic, right? And so this is a really timely card because we want to make sure that we keep our heads on, uh, we keep our wits about ourselves, um, because what else do we have, right? If not our sanity, if not our mental health. Um, this, this spread um, feels very, uh, like I said, it feels very timely um, because of what we've been through, because of the pandemic and because of everything that's gone on and just being flexible, right? And remembering that the wheel turns around uh, we may have been through it <laughs> in the last couple of years, but um, it's always important to just kind of hang in there, right? And But that's not to say that we're not going to have hard days, because we definitely are, and it's okay to be in those feelings. It's okay to feel those things. It's okay to just have a no-bones day as um, that precious little dog on tiktok has been letting us know sometimes it's a bones day sometimes it's a no bones day um and that's totally okay if it's not it's totally okay if we just want to stay in bed and just kind of feel like our life has been just taken out from under our feet but as long as we do our part to keep going then that's all that matters um So yeah, thank you all. Um, That was our reading for the year ahead. I know it was a five-card reading. It was very simple. If anybody wants uh, another reading, um, I have a really cool spread that's actually 21 cards long, and it is thorough, I tell you. But it is very good. And so if anybody wants one of those readings, um, reach out to me. Let me know. Um... Audrey does readings too. She's not here, but I'm sure she'd be more than happy to read for you all as well. But again, thank you all very much for tuning in, listening, and watching on YouTube. If you are one of those viewers on YouTube, Um, I appreciate you all taking the time to tune in. So take a look at the show notes. Um, You can connect with me there through the Instagram um on at witchy underscore sips or at my personal Instagram which is at Dario underscore Adrian underscore SG. Um, you can also find the email there if you have any comments, concerns, stories, experiences, anything like that. I'm always happy to listen or I'm always happy to read. Um yeah. Um next episode we will be having a very special guest um his name is art and he he and i will be talking about um his witchy practice and what he what his practice entails and we will also be having an interesting discussion we have not yet outlined it entirely but i'm sure it will be Totally interesting. I can't wait to see what he brings in for his witchy sip. Um, again, mine today was my fresh brewed sweet tea with lavender and honey, which was really, really tasty. Um, and again, everybody, happy Halloween. And, um, yeah go get your trick-or-treating on or do your witchy things send me um pictures of your witchy practices or send me pictures of your halloween traditions and let's not forget dia de los muertos because that's also just right after halloween i love i love the um i love the calaveras the catrinas the Um, Pan de Muertos, I actually made Pan de Muertos last year, and it was actually kind of tasty. I think I put a little bit too much star anise, um, but that's completely fine. I might try it again this year, I'm not sure. But it's always uh, also a great way to honor the debt, as we discussed earlier in this episode. um, How that is one of the reasons that Halloween came about, right? To honor Um, our dead loved ones, or our ancestors, or people who have just passed away that we used to know. Um, So yeah, let's not forget about that. Send me pictures, send me comments, send me questions, send me experiences. Um, Let me know how your Halloween went. Alright, this has been Witchy Sips. I hope you all have a great Halloween. Take care. Bye.